0: So hello everybody and welcome back to Folk on Falcons. I'm Philip Mundy and joining me is Ian Joseph. That should be Try machine Ian Joseph, you'll find out why shortly. But um, as always you can find us on social media.
1: Yep, so if you search on Facebook, it's simply just Folk on Falcons, you'll see our picture and on Twitter... It's exactly the same, apart from it's at Falcon on Falkins, it's to say beaming picture.
0: So this week, a quick once-over of our defeat to Sale in the Premiership Cup. Look ahead to, I think it's Worcester on Friday, isn't it? Yeah, it's it 4.20 kickoff. And then we'll also review the internationals and a bit of a, a local and general rugby roundup. Um, slightly atypically, before we launch into our most recent game, Ian's got um, a feat of athletic brilliance he's going to share with us. Um,
1: first try and how long, Ian? Um Well, uh, you know, after a while you do sort of lose, count. but I'm pretty sure it's 2018 was the last time. But you're right, Try Machine is back up and running, well oiled, ready to go, start something big. Um, yeah, so my first try since 2018 real real show of skill, athleticism, determination. You know, it, it does take real ability and that sort of the reading of the game and just kind of, that instinct of knowing what to do to flop over from six inches and to be at the bottom of about a 20 man rook. And to, I mean, I knew I scored. It doesn't matter, nobody else did or anyone else was really inconvinced. I knew I definitely had that ball down for a whole second. And even the referee, even though he didn't see it, he still gave it. And that's all that matters. And the rest of the result doesn't matter because I scored a try.
0: So, what, what standard of rugby was this? Obviously, quite high, I assume, just to strive the internationals.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it was obviously, you know, senior men's rugby. So and you know, I think that's, uh, that's you know, that kind of gives you the, the idea of level out we're sort of playing at here. and who were who northern third team playing <laughs> yeah so we're away to
0: Novos and the final score was Novos what
1: um, it doesn't really well I'm not really sure it really matters about the, the final score I mean yes they did score a few tries and we only got a, a couple but that's not sort of really the point the idea is I mean at the end of the day you know we, we all had third it was a great it was a great match and, and I got my try and it's about sort of taking part really and it's all it's all for the good of the sport, I suppose, at the end of the day, isn't it?
0: That's why we love the game. So, right, a bit more serious rugby going on this weekend. Um, let's start with the Falcons. Highlights and full game are available on the Premiership rugby website, if you can better sit through it. Um, I did. Finger on fast forward, actually. Made the, the second half only half an hour long, the thir- first half. Um, slightly shorter than half an hour when you skip through all the scrums and the waddling over to lineouts and things. But... Um, pretty much like last week, apart from we were on the wrong end of the scoreline this week, kind of gifted the opposition sale their tries and made very hard work of scoring our own. Although um, there were some positives to be taken from I think overall we can be a bit um, frustrated once again at not clinically putting away a team that I think on the night were actually inferior, but we, we didn't let the scoreline show that.
1: Yeah, I think, well, disappointment is the right word because when you saw the team, again, similar to what was a fairly strong team. I think probably stronger on balance than sales. I know they had the two two deprecers in there, but apart from that, I thought on paper, we we had a a stronger lineup. Um, And you're right in the sense that I think for large parts of that game, we were the better team. And some of our tries were really well taken and I thought Hayden, Hayden Woods was very well done, Earls was good. But again, you know, not taking our chances, when we were down there, we had good opportunities on penalties, not taking advantage of it. There was one which leads into my next point and the point you raised about software has given away. When we had the penalty, a couple of phases, a of player lost it and then they go down the pitch and score from about halfway line or something, wasn't it? So that kind of summed it up and it was a bit of a case of similar to the home game, but unfortunately we're on the wrong end of, of the result this week. And it's a shame because I thought if we'd won that... Obviously that would have put us really well placed in the pool and we'll have to have to see how it plays out because the pool is obviously wide open now and we'll we'll have to know, we'll just see what happens, I guess. Who knows, I suppose, in this competition.
0: On the night there were actually a couple of performances I thought were were very good. Um, I thought Hayden Wood playing at 12 raised a few eyebrows when the squad was released, but um, he he actually played extremely well in the first half at 12 and um, he had a good couple of half breaks, scored a try, which you could say was a lucky bounce, but he finished it well. And also he did some quite nice centre play, a centre that passes the ball, which is a bit of a turn up for the books these days, it sometimes feels like. And uh, I think he put Earl in for Earl's try. Um, And then in the second half, um, he moved to 10 from 12 um, with Colin going off. And um, I don't think that he really put a foot wrong in this fly half play. Um, I think if you're going to pick something out it could be aimless kicking but I think every single back on the pitch was guilty of that at some point during the game but yeah I think he he played extremely well and it's quite an exciting prospect that he can play at 10 or 12 Um, Smith was playing at Hooker he went off for McGuigan early in the second half it may have been half time actually and I thought in the first half actually it was getting around Well, throwing his weight around and getting stuck in quite well. And also his line-outs this week were much improved on the prior week. So, um, yeah, I think he actually played better than McGuigan. I think McGuigan played one of his worst games for us that I've seen this season. But fortunately, it's uh, only the the Premiership Cup. Overall, I've had to pick out a couple of things. I'd say aimless kicking and chasing, not really being there for some of it. Um, And then, particularly for periods of the first half, I found that players were going into contact alone. So we're instantly getting turned over, all the pressure being put on us and very slow ball, which meant that the next phase wasn't set up very cleanly and then it ended up getting kicked away. Frustrating. If you go back and attack, you don't really win games. And I think that's kind of what summed up Friday night's performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was something I noticed. And also, to be fair, um, McLeod says that in his post-match comments, where he talks about how maybe the attack play was a bit predictable, you know, the way it's just kind of going down the line fairly straightforward. And it was very easy to play against and sell work quickly and causing a lot of problems. And I don't know, it's kind of similar to what we've seen before in some ways, where, you know, we have had the possession, we have had the territory. And our attack has been a bit predictable, a bit lackluster and sometimes easy to play against and just kind of missing that spark um, I know obviously it's a slightly different environment of the Premiership Cup to what it has been in the league, but even so I think it's kind of like the same sort of problem there. And unfortunately, it was kind of just enough, really, for us to come up short.
0: Yes, and um, like you said, it's all square in our group for the Premiership Cup, more or less. I think we're slightly higher up because of points difference or bonus points. We've actually managed to get some for once. But um, it's very much removed from next week, where we're going to Worcester, um, back in the swing of things. I think this is one where, with a first team back in full swing, you'd hope for... Five
1: points. Yeah, well, I think there's a bit of pressure on us for this one because, you know, you look at it on paper, but not just on paper, you genuinely look at the two teams and you've got to think, this is a five-pointer. You have to target five points. Here. I mean, yes, obviously, minimum is, is a win at home to Worcester, but, you know, we have to be looking at five points here. You Worcester have been a bit of a funny team this season. You're not entirely sure, you know, how they're going to turn up. Generally, it hasn't been that great they do tend to concede a lot of points. So this is a real opportunity for us to try and sort of, you know, break free a bit and make things a bit comfortable for us and to get that bonus point. Because, you know, we said it before, and I'll say it again, if we want to get to that top six... You know we have to be picking up five points against Worcester and that's you know that's it really. And if we don't, you know, even if we do win it will be you know a tinge of disappointment. Obviously we'll see how it goes on the night. But looking at it now, we've got to be looking for five points there.
0: And also I think given the, the time of the game it's probably a good one to get the weekend off on a bit of a for, for us as fans to enjoy it. But also I think to put the pressure on other teams around us uh, this weekend because if you look at the table if we, if we win that game we're right in the thick of it for the, the top few positions. If we if we lose that game you start looking over your shoulder not looking ahead of you. And um, Yeah, I think it's important we put a good performance out. So before we go on to the internationals, um, another Falcon story that is definitely worth talking about, um, and that is our trip to France in the new year. Biarritz have got planned permission for their stadium expansion, and therefore they're not up in sticks to Lille. So if you were a Biarritz fan who lived in Lille, then tough, you're not going to be able to see them in your hometown. They're staying put. The match is going to be on the Friday night in Biarritz, and that is the weekend before Toulon. So I know people have started getting their travel brochures out and working out flights into the south of France and had a bit of uncertainty about where the first one was going to be. But... Now it's definitely going to be in Biarritz the week preceding the Toulon game. So um, I guess get your get your travel plan sorted and it could be quite a good week. It's just a shame it's in the middle of winter, not the middle of summer, but you can't know everything in this life.
1: Yeah, well, I've got my travels sorted for Toulon. Um, not going to be a making to Biarritz, unfortunately. I think it's just, I don't know, I think it was quite difficult to get a week off from work, really. Um, but now I'm really looking forward to Toulon. It's a shame I can't do both, but I'm sure a few focus fans will make making to Biarritz that I think there may be quite a few in too long, so it should be a good week for everyone, I hope. Indeed it should.
0: If we just move on to the internationals, this weekend, obviously, there's a lot of disappointment when the were released once again that we only ended up with Blamire in the squad. No Chick, no Radwan, no Davidson. Eddie Jones, despite putting Falcons players tantalising in this squad, decided he only wants to play Blamire, and that's because the people ahead of him are injured. But um, I think Blamire played quite well, didn't really do much wrong in the time he was on the pitch. Disappointingly, he didn't get his customary try, but We'll let him off because uh once again we won overall. And I think that annoyingly Eddie Jones kind of vindicated his selections.
1: Yeah, I think so actually. Um I don't think there was any problems in selection or even sort of individual performances. It was again, it's the old England problems penalty count, wasn't it? I mean, you saw the stats towards the end of the second half, and it was absurd it was like 20 penalties to six or something ridiculous and of course it ironically it so happens that it was south africa's last penalty which got England the win but i guess that's probably criticism of south africa i mean as as good as the win was for england and as good as many aspects of performance were south africa just didn't capitalize on all those penalties and i think pollard missed a couple of kicks didn't he as well and you know, all it had to take was one of those to go over, I suppose, and then South Africa would have won. I still think it is a great win. I mean, of course it is. Um, but I think there's still a lot, a lot to work on there, especially, again, discipline. Um, and, I, you know, I do feel like maybe some of these Southern Hemisphere teams are sort of feeling it a bit now in terms of the really, really sort of hectic schedule they've had the past few months. Um and I always kind of feel with these autumn internationals, sorry for a bit of a depressing turn on it, that, you know, of course, they are really nice to win these games. But, you know, let's see, you know, how well we do against East South Africa, for example, when it really matters in a World Cup or obviously against other Northern Hemisphere teams in the Six Nations. That's when it really matters. But that all aside obviously it's a really good win and it's a great way to kind of end the candy year for England
0: yeah it's funny you say um, it, it's a slightly different one to a World Cup because these things used to be called friendlies and then they were test matches and now they're the autumn internationals trying to put some significance to a series which is effectively just a money raising tool. Um if you're gonna if you're gonna not put two final points in That's kind of the the function of it. obviously it contributes to world rankings and all the rest of it. But um the ultimate reason for these things is to to raise funds for the various rugby unions in the various countries, half my Pacific Islander and you get paid a few hundred quid for turning up. But that's that's an argument for another day. Um I think the couple of ones that stood out this weekend, um Arlay Le Bleu, back to their best. Um that New Zealand game, they just blew them away. There was a French team, or a French performance, the likes of which I've not seen probably a number of years. They, they've showed glimpses of it in, in the past Six Nations, but it really was the first time that there was just one of those performances where you think, wow, if these guys keep to where they are, then they'll not just be Six Nations likely victors they could easily pinch the next World Cup if they keep up for up for another couple of years.
1: Yeah well I mean the French got a hell of a lot to play for haven't they? I mean they've got obviously the home world cup they're a team which is quite clearly as it stands only getting better. Yes, I know they were probably disappointed that they lost out the Six Nations in the way they did, but they were tantalizingly close. Um you, they've got to be up there for one of the favourites to win it this season. But yeah, I mean, they're obviously they're building really, really well. I think they looked at New Zealand to make a real sort of statement. Of course, they played for them in the opening match of the World Cup as well. And I think that was that was really important for them to kind of make that statement, and perhaps they sort of sense blood as well. New Zealand may be a bit vulnerable after the defeat to Ireland. Maybe sort of heads for the rarely when New Zealand may have started going down. Questions being asked about certain players, coaching staff, and maybe just and in the point I mentioned before about how you the know, southern hemisphere teams have been playing and away from their homes and families for a hell of a long time now, several months and it kind of all comes to a head and France really, really took advantage. I mean, using had that re-spirited sort of fight back but you know, France sold them off at the end and what a win and they have the potential to become a really, really good team.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that players have a bit of a, a time away from their families, etc. Um I don't think the the Australians have quite realised that just because you get sent off doesn't mean you get home any quicker. Um, once again, Wales, for I think the sixth time this calendar year, finished a game against a team that had someone sent off with a red card. Um, their performances in these games haven't been streets ahead. They've normally actually been quite close games, but they've managed to eke out the result and once again there's that against Australia
1: yeah I mean there's a lot of contribution the red card um, I, don't know, I think it seemed a bit soft um, but you're right about how Wales haven't really sort of massively taken advantage of it they have had this well one man advantage you think by now they'll be used to it know how to play against it but you know, Australia kind of really dug in and they, they were always sort of in touch and it was just sort of in the end, obviously, they just kind of fell short. But um, Wales are a funny one. I mean, obviously, no one saw them winning the Six Nations last year and, and I don't think they'll win it this year. Um, I think they, you know, I think luck was on their side last year. They had the red cards in their favour, other things sort of in their favour. Um, Odd referee decisions in their favour, of course. Um, but I don't know, I think Wales a funny one at the moment. though They have been winning those games, but not convincingly against. I mean, the Fiji game is a really good example of that. But you never know. You know, like I've said, these games, you know, they don't matter too much when it comes to Six Nations. Who knows? I mean, it's still a few months away. You're never, you're never sure. But I think, as you say, Wales, a bit lucky that we get those wins and we'll see what happens with them.
0: Once again, Falcons, we're on the score sheet in the internationals this weekend. Carreras bagging one for Argentina. It has to be said that he threw away another one that was there five yards out. He decided he'd drop the ball. Um, looked for all the World like he was going to get a second of the game, but he didn't. One thing to note in that game, actually, unfortunately, after Carreras' excellent try and almost try, is that he ends up limping off. Um, hopefully not too bad an injury, but it's never too nice to see someone going off in pain. And That adds to our injury woes on the wing, actually, because Stevens, who picked up a knock in the game against Wasps last week in the Premiership Cup, he's Done something to his his knee. It's thought, but no one's really shown the severity of it yet. So um, that means we've got Stevens and Carreras out, um, probably for the foreseeable. Looking at the two injuries, but hopefully speedy recoveries. So I guess Radwan and Stevens, perhaps on the wings, who knows? And um, Fusa featured once again with a good outing for Italy. So on Friday night, Harlequins beat Northampton twenty six points to twenty five. And London Irish beat Saracens, 29 points to 20, as well as our game where we've already mentioned our defeat to Sale, 25 points to 20. On Saturday in the Premiership Rugby Cup, Gloucester beat Exeter, 45 points to 19. Wasps lost 55 points to 7 at home to Leicester. Leicester staying strong, not just in the league. And then Worcester thrashing Bristol, 68 points to 13. Hopefully not too ominous for this weekend coming up. That leaves the tables in the Premiership Rugby Cup looking as follows. Um, In pool one, being the south-west, you have Gloucester who've played 2-1-2 with 10 points, Worcester and Bristol have both won the one and have each got a bonus point but now on five points. Extra have lost two and got a losing bonus point so end up on one point. And Bath, just like the league, haven't won a game and are on zero points. Um, In our... Pool, which is kind of the not-southern clubs. We're not northern clubs. So we are, but the rest aren't. Uh, you've got Leicester, who've played 2-1-2 two, two on nine points. Falcons played 2-1-1, two, two bonus points, six points. Sale have won just the one with no bonus points, for four points. And Wasps have just the one after losing to and picking up a bonus point. In pool three, being the, the London clubs and Northampton, you've got London Irish, who've won two, Maximum points of 10. Harlequins have won the one with two bonus points for six points. Uh, Saracens have won one and lost one, and also picked up a bonus point for five points, and Northampton have two. So as it stands, um, Falcons in our hands. Let's go and and grab it. I was to to win. we need to beat Leicester, and that'll be it. Internationally over the weekend, um, on Saturday, as we've already mentioned, um, England beat South Africa 26 points or oh, 27 points to 26. Scotland beat Japan 29 points to 20. Italy only just beat Uruguay 17 points to 10. Very interesting there. Um, Wales beat Australia by the point uh, 29 to 28. And France put a number on New Zealand 40 points to 25. Then on Sunday, it just remained Ireland, Argentina, and Ireland were very comprehensive victors there, set 53 points to seven. And if we go to the regional fixtures, Oh, the regional scorelines from the weekend just gone: uh, Darlington got a good victory against Tunbridge, thirty points to twenty-four. Bladen losing out to Lactonians and Tyndale losing out to Rotherham. Billingham beat Blackburn, the high-scoring forty-three points to thirty-eight win, and Anick stuck sixty. No, Annex stuck eighty-eight on Northwich. So fantastic result in North Premier for both teams. Um, in North, one, East. Concert lost to Moulton and Norton. Morpeth beat Scarborough. And Durham City lost to Old broadlands um, then, as, as always, we've got points and scorelines all over the place. And Northumberland, Durham, Northumberland, Divisions 1, 2 and 3. Um, Scoreline for the weekend has to go to Horton, who beat Richmondshire. 135 points to 5. Don't, don't see triple figures that often, and let alone 135 so that was just shy of the record held by Australian International Rugby, which is 142 points to nil against Namibia, I think in World Cup 2003, if my memory serves me correctly. So Horton, not far off the, the record held by Australia, but not quite. Okie dokie. So that draws to a close a week where Ian scored a try. That's all we need to say. Ian scored a try. The, rugby, the rest of the rugby doesn't matter. Ian's got a grin on his face. You're not going to wipe it off for a long time. So there we go. Look forward to speaking to you again after what hopefully is five points against Worcester. So thanks for listening. Bye, everyone.